Because, uh, as you heard in the big six, sexy intro right there, the first name that you hear uh, as uh, you you hear the legend Peter Marr doing a little play-by-play on May 25th, 1989. Uh, Happy 7-0 to the legend, to the GOAT, to the Stanley Cup champion, to the best mustache of all time, and just an all-round class act human being who has made the city of Calgary a better place. Happy 70th to Lanny McDonald on uh, this February 16th, uh, 2023. Hannah, Alberta, Feb 16th of 1953 Lanny McDonald uh, was was born and it was all the way back in 1981 when he was acquired by the Calgary Flames from the Colorado Rockies and what was a blockbuster deal at the time Lanny for Don Lever and Bob McMillan on November 25th 1981 so just wanted to say happy birthday to the legend Lanny McDonald turning 70 on this Feb 16 and that's a great way to kick off the sports drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe unlock your home with the touch of your phone upgrade to smart locks online at calgarylockandsafe.com it's Steinberg and Ryan Pike with you on Apple Spotify Google and Amazon live on Sportsnet 960 the fan hello Mr. Pike hi Pat I feel like I haven't seen you in Three or four days. It's uh, it's been a little while. Um, how how I, have you been? I've been fine. I've been wonderful, in fact. Aside from uh, aside from some clothing issues, as I continue blowing I, out the elbows. I, I was listening to the to the uh, the Daily Flames roundtable, and I felt seen because many of my dress shirts. I'm down to about three dress shirts in the last two years. Because of that exact same thing, I have pointy elbows, and I don't know what to do about it. And I lean forward a lot when I talk. So. I, I feel for you, Pat. Thank you. I appreciate the solidarity and the empathy. This is why you're a class act human being. Pike, can I ask you a question? Go um, ahead. Why, uh, why is Josh Anderson's name being linked to the Calgary Flames again? Because hmm. it has the social media world buzzing right now. Now, I did uh, do a little bit of... Um, a little investigation. It, it really wasn't all that difficult. It took about 14 seconds of investigating to determine why I'm getting tweets asking about Josh Anderson. People are, are linking him to the Calgary Flames once again. Uh, it was TSN's Darren Drager on a radio hit in Montreal who brought up that Calgary has interest in Josh Anderson. And then did also um, throw the name Jacob Pelche into the conversation as a player that Montreal would be looking for. Uh, look, the Flames have been interested in Anderson for years. Uh, I go back to the offseason when Josh was traded from Columbus to Montreal. They were very much uh, in on that and were sniffing around and, and actively pursuing Josh Anderson that summer. Uh, it ended up being Max Domi who ended up going the other way as part of the package and 
Uh, Montreal ended up getting Anderson, signed him to the contract, so on and so forth. That was back in the summer of 2020, um, or I guess it was October of 2020, um, when that deal ended up getting made. Jeez, it was. It feels like it was way longer than that, but it was not. The, the last three years count double for time. It's true. It's like you, you might as well just double those up. And and they couldn't come up with a package that ended up working. They couldn't end up. Um, I, I know that Sean Monahan was a guy that had been thrown into that conversation at that time. Um, even the even the summer before, there were some rumblings about it. And I know for a fact that they were very much interested in trying to acquire him uh, a number of years ago. <laughs> but I just I don't I do not like the idea of Josh Anderson the player being acquired by the Calgary Flames well, in the spring of 2023. My my thought process like I like Josh Anderson in theory cuz like if you look at the 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 bullet points of him he's a he's an alluring player he's you know 6'3" 220 right shot winger can play up and down your lineup uh he has scored goals uh in the past uh, he's under contract for a while, so the team control aspect is that if you, if if the idea if you have cap space and if you're if you're building out a team and you already have your top guys figured out and you're trying to fill in the gaps, you can fill in gaps a lot worse than Josh Anderson. I think the challenge is for what his impacts are on the ice. He's signed for way too much money. He has and four, way too long four years left after yep. this season at five point five. And before we went on, before we came back for, for break, we were talking about one of the bigger stories in sports right now. It's, it's going to become a bigger story. Uh, Diamond Sports, the, uh, the regional sports network uh, that basically runs most of uh, the American NHL clubs. Uh, you know, here we have the Sportsnet family of channels, and down there they have Bali Sports yep. run by Diamond. And Diamond missed a debt payment, and they may or may not be declaring bankruptcy, according to Forbes. And so the NHL... You know, we've what before the season started the 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 word coming out of the board of governors meetings was cap's going to go up a big time and then last few months it's been whoa 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 maybe not and that was before this news broke so let's suffice to say nobody has cap space let alone the calgary flames i think uh cap friendly has them committed to something like 82.2 million dollars if the cap for only, next year if the cap yeah. only goes up a million bucks next year to 83.5 that leaves the flames like a million and change to fill out a roster and yeah, it's, it's going to be challenging. And that's before they add anybody at the trade deadline. So I think this is going to be Josh Anderson in theory. Cool. Josh Anderson in the situation the flames are at with, Mm -hmm. you know, you talk about, okay, do the flames want to move a first round pick? Generally speaking, they never want to move their first round picks. I think, Brad Treliving has done it kicking and screaming every time because, you know, if you look at the, the moves he has made when he moved first-round picks, uh, what, 2015, you got Dougie Hamilton under team control for forever. Cool. That's, that makes sense. Uh, you know, 2018, Travis Hamnick under team control for three years at a pretty reasonable contract. I You know, the, the amount of picks they gave up for him is up for debate, but that kind of makes sense to me. Uh, you know, Tyler Toffoli for... Uh, two years and the rest of one season under team control at a really nice cap hit, especially when you talk about a player that in the last segment uh, on the Calgary Flames roundtable, you were debating the merits of him as the team MVP. If you get him at the deadline yeah. for a first and some and some spare parts, yeah, that's fine. I don't think Josh Anderson is the player that, the, that uh, Tyler Defoley is. He's definitely not as inexpensive as Tyler Defoley is. And it would create so many headaches in so many different ways, especially financially, to trade for him and incorporate him, 
especially if you're getting up a first and or Jacob Peltier. So I like Anderson as a player when he's healthy. I think that he adds a little bit. Uh, he adds a little snarl. He adds some pace. He adds some size. He is uh, an alluring right shot, right winger, as you mentioned, who likes to shoot it and has a very good shot. But I hate the contract for the next four years at $5.5 million. I hate it for Montreal, who's a rebuilding team. I'd really hate it for the Flames. I hate what Montreal might be asking to move this guy out. And here's the thing. This is the thing that puts it over the top for me. He turns 29 in a few months. Anderson is exactly the type of player, in my opinion, the Flames should not be targeting at this year's deadline. A guy straddling 30, a guy who is going to cost high leverage assets, that is exactly what I believe the Flames should not be going out and, and getting. You know what? If he's four years younger, let's have this conversation if, all day long. If, if he doesn't have his injury history, it's a different conversation. And I didn't even mention if the his, injury if side his, of it. Well, yep. especially like, you know, we, we one of the big criticisms when the Flames signed Troy Brower was... Guys who play a crash-and-bang, fizzle kind of style. We just saw this with Sean Monaghan, where Monaghan was amazing, but he took a beating, and then his body gave out. And it feels like we're watching in real time the early stages of that kind of process with Josh Anderson. And instead of being under contract with, for the year left, then you can get out from under it like Monaghan. And thankfully, Monaghan's doing better than having a good season. But Anderson just... So many parts of it scream. And here's the here's the here's the kicker. So uh, hockeystatcards.com tracks uh, game score, average game score for players, which is essentially just how impactful a player is in every game. Uh, amongst the the Montreal forwards who've played 20 or more games a season, Josh Anderson is 10th in terms of impact. So he is not even one of the more impactful players. So you're giving up a lot for a guy with a long-term contract with injury history who is not even terribly impactful right now. I don't know. I, I, I'm very much in lockstep with you, my friend. I, I, can underst- I can wrap my head around it, but I still think it's not a smart idea. Yeah, it just – I understand the allure. I understand why teams might be interested in him. And if Montreal were to end up moving him, I can see why another team might be interested. But – I just don't think for where the Flames are as a team on the outside looking in for a playoff spot as it stands right now and a team that is tenuously holding on to playoff life, that's not the type of time. This is not the time with all that you just talked about that they've got tied up going into next season when Huberto's contract kicks in and Uyghur's contract kicks in and you've already got seven mil on the cap to Nassim Kadri and you've got an Elias Lindholm deal that's looming and a Noah Hannafin deal that's looming to add five and a half million dollars for the next four years I just it doesn't make a ton of sense to me even if you do think that he'd be an enticing fit with Huberdeau and might be the type of guy that opens up space for Huberdeau whatever the case may be I just am a I'm a no all day on them going down that road and and that's just me and you're on a similar page and it's not like as you brought up when we were prepping this show it's not like the new big additions the Flames have made months ago that have 50-plus games under their belt already. It's not like those have been seamless fits on this group this year. It's It's been a bit of a battle getting these new faces to fit the way the Flames were hoping they'd fit. 
Yeah, and you know, it's it, there's a lot of moving pieces. I think the Flames have been juggling a lot of different things, and especially heading into a summer where everybody like there's how many teams actually have cap space heading into the summer? Six, and everyone else is going to be, if not bumping their heads up against the ceiling over the ceiling for most of the summer. Ooh. I just I just wouldn't want to do anything that makes my life more difficult if I were them. Uh, and also, just as we're having this conversation, uh, this from Elliot Friedman in his latest 32 Thoughts written blog, which is available for you at sportsnet.ca right now. It's also pinned on Elliot's uh, Twitter right now. And this is uh, verbatim. Calgary's being careful, realizing this could end up being a summer where the Flames have to redefine who they are. One thing they're looking for, a winger who can open up space for Jonathan Huberto to create like Anthony Duclair did in Florida. End quote. That comes from Elliot Friedman in 32 Thoughts. And I guess that Anderson could fit that bill. I, I fully understand that he could fit that bill. I just would much rather them. You know, again, I know in, in, in the same blog, uh, Elliot poured more cold water on the idea of Travis Konechny and Philadelphia dealing him before the deadline. But if it's a player like that, if you can find a guy who's 25 that fits the needs that you're looking for, then let's have that conversation all day. But a guy who turns 29 in a couple of months and a guy who is straddling 30, that's not and and would be would spend most of his time as a member of the Flames in his <laughs> 30s. I just I don't think that's the the type of me- deal that they it made sense to do that. Tyler Toffoli last year was straddling 30 and that was the right move and I commend Brad Treliving for making that deal all day long and you'll never convince me that was a poor deal. Hell, I still defend Brad acquiring Callie Yarncroke in the price that was paid there even though it didn't work out. That was the right move to make whether it got whether it ended up working or not, I think it was the right swing to take. But I don't think this is the year to take that same type of swing, yeah. especially on a player like Josh Anderson. Yeah, and uh, actually, if you, if you go to the, 30, the 32 Thoughts uh, podcast, I believe it was from Monday, uh, Elliot, uh, that's, Elliot was earlier off in his, in his thought process on the, the possibility of Duclair. And I think the, the thought process he walked himself through on the podcast was just mentioning the, the, the thing he liked about Duclair was Duclair's fast, and he's got that separation speed. And if you're playing, I think that one of the things that the Flames like about Jacob Pelche on that line with Huberto and Kadri right now is, you know, Pelche has that quick first or second step. He can get separation. We saw on his first NHL goal. That's NHL level speed, you know, legging out a, a, a scoring chance against a very good defenseman and giving yourself the space to do it. So if the idea is you're like, okay, something like that, someone with a little bit more finish, a little bit more polish, a little bit more uh, NHL experience to him, that would make sense. But another another guy straddling 30 for the reasons you uh, you explained, uh, makes me nervous. Uh, some text at 960-960 uh, says, uh, honestly, the GM should be fired if he traded Pelche and or a first away for Josh Anderson, who's known to be injury prone. Not just that, but he's not worth those two things. Look, I don't think that was just the, the idea of what might what it might cost. That was just thrown out there. Um, 
in Ian Drager's radio hit as something that, that I, I don't think he was saying this is what Montreal is asking for. In fact, I've listened to it a few times. That's not what he was saying. But no, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be giving up any high leverage assets for that type of player. Um, this says it would be a terrible trade. The Flames need to get younger and faster, not older and slower. Uh, this says unless they're trading for a 35 plus goal guy, right shot winger, or game breaking center, stand pat. Apart from moving anyone for Connor Bedard, yeah, I don't think they're going to be getting Bedard either. That comes from Jay and Silverado. Uh, this says Josh Anderson's not going to help take the flames to the next level he's a complimentary player with a massive contract and this team is already loaded with those so those are just a few of the techs at 960 960 now a few other techs that have uh, come in suggesting why not anthony duclair i don't know what that price is going to be i don't even know if florida's interested in moving him and, and especially a guy who hasn't played since well, he had surgery in july that's a huge wild card that is the the interesting part of it does the fact first of all we don't know if florida is going to trade declare they they might want to keep him because he's been a really good player for them since they got there they might be looking at trading somebody else to get cap compliant but let's just for a second think that they are going to trade declare and and the other thing about florida is that they're not out of like they're not out of it they are fighting tooth and nail for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference as it stands right now. You take a look at the way the Eastern Conference standings look right now. Washington is holding down the final spot um, by a very, very small margin. Uh, They're one point up on the Islanders, two points up on Florida, and then four up on Buffalo and Detroit, and the Red Wings and Sabres each have three games in hand on the uh, on the Capitals. So as of right now, the Florida Panthers... Can I do the show before I... Can you let me do the show, and then I'll look at your, your text? Um, the uh, Right now, the... The Panthers are right there in it, and they're they're fighting for it. So I don't even know if they're going to trade a guy like Declare. You know, I I think that's I think that's the secret. That's the, the 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 unspoken thing for a lot of these teams. A lot of these teams could potentially be looking at. I I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of teams look at hockey trades in terms of you know if you need to you know do a bit of shuffling, find a bit of a different fit. Maybe you know maybe that's something that a lot of teams look at. But I agree with you. I think it's. There's going to be a lot of a lot of things going on, loving moving parts, and to me, we'll, we can get to this another another day. The fact that, like, remember last year when we pretty much knew all the teams were going to be in the playoffs in the East, and there's like one or two teams left in the West that could have a chance. And this year, it looks like it's going to be an absolute gong show. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard for fans, but I think it's gonna be a yeah. lot of fun. Uh, somebody suggests kidnapping Larkin tonight. Um... I don't think that I don't, kidnapping. I think kid, they're going to sign him still. Kidnapping violates the CBA, you guys. Do you know that for sure? It's in. The, it's in there. Yeah, there's a, there's an anti-kidnapping no, 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 clause in the CBA. I think it's. I think it'd be considered contract detrimental to the sport. I don't. Uh, by the way, I don't mind. Um, I don't mind the idea of declare if the asking price is a little bit lower because he's injured. I don't mind that idea. Again, I'm just not convinced that Florida is going to go down that road. A few other things to touch on. It'll be Dan Vladar starting versus Detroit on Thursday. Uh, So Vladar back in after Markstrom started two in a row. Just curious as to how you're reading things here, Pike. Do we think there's an opportunity for Vladar to get on a run here? Like, do we think that Vladar has the chance to to maybe take the ball and run with it 
when it comes to the workload. It feels like we're in a really interesting spot right now. I, I think it's and his for the taking. Kind of teetering. I think it's his for the taking, especially with the idea that, you know, listening to Daryl Sutter's comments um, from Thursday morning, the idea that, yeah, like they, I think they have the opportunity. Whoever shows, whoever's the more consistent goaltender, whoever can be the guy that can give them predictable goaltending is probably the guy we're going to see more often. And I think that's been the big challenge with the Flames, with both guys at times. I think I think uh, Vladar's, his, his highs have been higher, but I think his lows have also been kind of wonky too. I think uh, I think he's been the more predictable and consistent goaltender, and I think that's why we're seeing as much of him as we are. But I think I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this unfolds because, you know, Markstrom's a goaltender that's always battled and he seems to be really good when he's challenged and if Vladar, he feels you know Vladar's footsteps behind him potentially taking starts away from him maybe that's what he needs to get himself back to where he was it just turn my mic on it just feels like right now it I don't know why it feels like we're in a threshold area right now and maybe it's just confirmation bias on my part I don't know it just feels like right now we're we're kind of on the precipice of of maybe the rest of the season swinging a little bit and and I'm not suggesting cuz you know where I stand on Jacob I think Markstrom's got a great chance of bouncing back next year but they've got 28 games to go they're now back on home ice for the first time in 3 weeks and they they're in it They've got a great chance of being a playoff team when it's all said and done because I think Minnesota's a very vulnerable group and it's not like the teams ahead of them in the Pacific are completely unreachable either. So I, I do think that this is a playoff team and can be a playoff team, but they're just I kind of feel like they're teetering. And the way things went Monday against Ottawa, and I even like I, I saw I saw Jacob smash a stick on the glass today at morning skate and I just I wonder if we're starting to see things trend just a little bit differently for the rest of the season. Part of that is on Vladar because he's got to take the ball and run with it and show that he can be the goalie they need him to be over a longer period of time. But it just feels like that handoff is there. Like there, yeah. there could be that opportunity it, if Vladar it, it, is able to run with it. Remember that year, I, I forgive me for forgetting what season, but remember that year when David Riddick was playing out of his mind the first half, and then he, he sort of had a bit of a knee injury and was sort of not playing at his best, and Cam Talbot basically took over the net for the last two months of the season. And this kind of feels like that, where I don't, you know, obviously I'm not going to speculate about player injuries, but it feels just the vibe of the goaltending duo. Sort of feels like one guy is sort of laboring a bit in terms of he's just not quite right. His mojo is not quite there. And the Flames were really lucky that year because they had Cam Talbot to be the guy to help them stabilize. And they got, like, he was occasionally great and consistently pretty good, and pretty good was enough. And, you know, I, I was running through the numbers on uh, on Twitter this morning. Mm-hmm. The, the idea is if the, if the Flames get league average goaltending, they're probably a playoff team. If they had gotten league average goaltending to this point, they would be comfortably a playoff team. And I don't think league average is a big ask. I don't think you know. We're, I don't think anyone's asking either guy to be Jacob Marks from last season because that was just a prodigious year for a goaltender. But I think if you're hope, if, if you're a fan going, man, if they can just be decent, de- decent gets you in. And I think the big challenge is, okay, can they just be decent and not let things get away from them? Right now they're 28th 
as a team at five on five save percentage, which is to me kind of the the most telling when it comes to what you're getting. Like as a duo, they're twenty eighth. If they can get that into the middle tier, like get themselves from twenty eight to nineteen or twenty before the end of the season or even if they can be a middle tier team like the 15th if they can be 15 to 20 throw out what's happened so far average but in the final 28 if they can be middle tier in the final 28 i'm with you i think average playoff average goaltending over the last 28 games gets them probably about 20th ish 20 ish for uh for rankings and that's given how well they play defensively given how well they play offensively that's Mm -hmm. probably good enough um, okay, so some text 960-960 when it comes to some of our trade conversation earlier this hour. Somebody suggesting Jake Wallman. Uh, Wallman's an interesting target out of Detroit. I don't mind that one at all. Um, he's uh, been decently productive, and I... I, that's an interesting one if they were to go down that road. Uh, this says, I sympathize with anyone who has to run a hockey team in the social media era. One Twitter rumor and we spend two days talking about something that'll never happen. I think Tree will be careful this year. Let this team show us what they really are. Make big moves in the summer if you need to. That's from Greg in the Southwest. Greg, that's exactly where I'm at right now. Um, be smart. Be cautious and then reevaluate in the off season is I think there can be very, very clear times when it makes nothing but sense to make a big splash at the trade deadline. Like, like a year ago. Like a year ago. This year, it is nowhere near that clear. It is far murkier. And when it's this murky, I would, um, I'd be a whole lot less uh, aggressive when it comes to my trade deadline approach. Um, somebody suggesting Barbashev. I don't mind that. I just wonder about the price when it's all said and done. Um, and this on the goaltending side of things from Jason. Just curious. I love Markstrom, but with his difficulties this year, is there any reason why he couldn't dip down to the Wranglers for a conditioning stint? Well, uh. he, has to, he has to agree to that. That's the thing. First and, of all, and he counts against your roster and against your cap when he's you on don't a conditioning get, you, stint. You get zero cap relief on a conditioning stint, and he remains one of your 23 active roster players. And are you telling me that Jacob Markstrom would consent to getting put in the American League? I don't think so. So I, 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 I get the question. I understand it. That's from Jason. Like, I get the question, but I just I don't think it's realistic and, at this and point. If, and especially if, if the idea is you're trying to build the guy up and build his confidence up and you want people in his ear going, yeah, man, you're awesome. Uh, the optics of him getting sent down to an American League team, no matter how good the American League team is, it might be uh, a bit of a gut punch for the guy. Uh, it's Ryan Pike and Pat Steinberg along with you underway on this hour of Flames Talk. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge at the Dome. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. They're all things basement Visit dlbasementsystemscalgary.com. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. You're locked on Flames Talk. Only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
All right, let's go inside hockey on this Thursday for Calgary Co-op. Cal and Gary's is the only family of products curated for the taste of Calgarians, and you'll only find them at Calgary Co-op. On this Thursday, we go inside hockey on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline with our buddy Brent Cron. It's time to talk some goaltending with Croner. Hello, my friend. How are we doing? Uh, buddy, hey, uh, I appreciate that. that, that, that hey. I- Hey, you, you caught me off guard there for a second. I've even said nice things on the air about you. Uh, like, like I, even without you being in the room, I've said nice things over the last couple of weeks. I said that you were a legitimate high-end goaltending prospect when you were drafted, despite the fact that we ruthlessly make fun of you for your very brief right. NHL career. Um, I've talked about some of the good points you've made while doing these hits. So, you know, I, uh, I've treated you like a buddy i'll say that much you know what uh, compliments backhanded as they may be are still compliments <laughs> according to these the, weren't the, even the... backhanded compliments these times I, I i didn't even which i didn't think i had it in me i did not think i had it in me to say nice things about you without also saying mean things <laughs> well i don't it, it, it you know and there's no defense for you uh but i haven't heard these nice things right it's just all this conjecture and hearsay so I, I understand. Like you, you, you can tell me whatever you want, uh, and I, I simply just won't believe you. I mean, we do have a podcast. I can go like just. I can send you the links to the podcast if you'd like. You should. I do have like there's there's evidence available, so I'll do that. How are we doing? Oh, on top of the world. You know what? I've been working. I've been working to the bone here, and I'm just actually. I told you to be home by now. Yeah. I'm just leaving the office. Oh. Jeez, yeah. you you really are working to the bone. Um, while we're doing this, it's uh, 5:30 p 5:38 p.m. Calgary time when we're uh, discussing this live. Yeah. So, whew, that's a late day. You're you're usually you're usually out, but what? You'll you'll stay till maybe two, and then you'll bounce most of the time, eh? Well, then I, I'll usually catch a matinee, and then <laughs> I'll have a nap, and then and then when you call me, I'll be ready to go. But uh, you you I'm a little caught off guard a little bit because uh, everything's off the cuff right now because I've had to work hard for at least at least a good six six and a half hours today. Well, congratulations, and and I'm sure that you've given Precision some outstanding work on uh, on this Thursday. Hey, uh, what's uh, what's your just just give me your observations. You and I haven't spoken for a couple of weeks now, so just give me your observations on Calgary's goaltending. They're going to go Vladar against the Red Wings, and then who knows after that. They went Markstrom against Ottawa. We saw how that went. Just uh, kind of big-picture observations when it comes to Calgary's goaltending most recently. Well, aside from beating the drum that everybody else has, uh, we're all kind of waiting for, for Vladar to kind of get his starter's opportunity. And if he struggles in one game, to go right back with him. We all knew Markstrom was going to start out of the All-Star break against the Rangers. They ended up losing in overtime. They play the, the Red Wings a couple nights later. They lose 2-1. They come out. They beat the Sabres 7-2. Started off not great. And then I was shocked they put Markstrom in against Ottawa. I, I, I thought we'd see Vladar. And then tonight they put in Vladar. So we, we all know throughout the year, I mean, it, it's easy to kick a dog when it's down, but but. Markstrom hasn't been the guy. He he really hasn't this season. He's uh, you know, last season he he, he started off and, and stole games, left, right, and center. Did a great job. Everybody was all kind of hot and horny and all fired up that Markstrom was what was, was legit. 
you know, I, I heard Mark Spector on the on the program here a couple days ago talking about um, just you know a guy like Connor Hellebuck that has a good year, a bad year, good year, bad year. But like even Connor Hellebuck's bad year still kind of gives the Jets a chance. Markstrom has kind of cost this team this year. He hasn't been on point. Uh, he, there's not a calculation that you can put through that says, oh, Markstrom's cost the team X amount of games. It's all kind of up to your perspective. Uh, but having said that, he hasn't been the dominating force, the game breaker right. that we, we, we saw him be last year. So if that's not the case, he's having an off year. He's locked into this team for a long time. He's had three quarters of a season to kind of try to – Put this team on his back. I mean, and, and, and you know, it's not like he's trying any less. It's not like he's trying to fail. It's not like he's trying to not succeed, but it's not working. And, and you know, they stuck with him for four games after the All Star break. Okay, great. Lenar goes out and plays tonight. If he lays an egg tonight and he plays bad, you know, you, you go on a long road trip. You come back. Everybody's legs are are dead. It, it, it sucks. You know, the whole curse of going away on the road for a while. But I. I at this point, I don't know how you couldn't give Vladar more of an opportunity than than, than one opportunity to fail. You've you got to give him more of a chance because Markstrom's not getting the job done. Well, and it's interesting because for the first time, Croner, I kind of feel like maybe we're in that pocket where – Vladar is going to get the chance to to run with it. I know that I know that he got that opportunity and went. I think he started six of eight uh, a couple of months ago, right after Markstrom made those "I suck at hockey" comments. They gave Vladar a, a run of six of eight, but then they went back to Jacob, and it was kind of a reset. Well, there's 28 games to go. I don't think you've got the opportunity anymore to to have those resets, and and as a result, it kind of feels to me. And and maybe there's maybe it's just me reading tea leaves and interpreting them the way I want to interpret them because I think that they should be giving Vladar a little bit of a run and a little bit of an opportunity to truly seize this thing between now and the end of the season. But it it, it just feels to me like if if he's able to put a couple of quality starts together maybe they will start to look at him more as that top of the depth chart guy and and at this point I don't know how you couldn't at the very least be considering that because of the way the the first 65 percent of this season's gone I was surprised they 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 started Markstrom in Buffalo and then double surprised when they started Markstrom in Ottawa uh You'd like to think Markstrom's running out of rope. Uh, you would. If it was up to me, I'd be putting Vladar in a position where he could have a tendency or have, a, have the potential, the opportunity to take the starting role over. Uh, and, and it starts tonight against Detroit. But the way all signs have been pointing, it's just like it doesn't matter. Well, you know, Vladar goes and gets a, 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 well, not a good game, but a solid game, gets two points. We're going back to Markstrom. And, you know, and this is kind of way out there, but, like, you know, Markstrom's locked in for a long period of time. You, you, you don't think that they're giving him an opportunity to kind of play himself into a trade? And I know I, and I know what I'm saying before I say it. I know it's not a possibility because they're locked in for so long. But Wolf's been doing great in the American League. And you know what? I've, I've played with a lot of guys that are unreal American hockey goalies that have won awards 
that has not been able to translate to national hockey. So I'm not saying bring Wolf in and the Flames are going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs or whatever. But Markson has been so inconsistent and so ill-timed in his saves and his ability this year. It's a write-off for him. And I just don't know how Daryl can't see that and just give it to Ladar unless he's trying to do more or bury somebody. And it, it would make no sense to me. Like Even if even if Ladar had a bad night tonight, you're starting him Saturday regardless. Like For me, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Give him an opportunity to be a number one guy. Don't don't just allow him to be a number uh, you know one B guy where oh if he sucks we're not playing him the next night he's got to wait for his opportunity when Markson struggles like you're you're, you're kind of now your your solution is what are until Markson can pull his head out of his you know what. Cron's with us, Brent Cron, our goaltending analyst, joining us here inside hockey. Do you do you think? Because I'm starting to get less and less confident. There's only 28 games to go. I'm getting less and less confident that it rectifies itself this year with Jacob. Do you think an off season can get his game back? Do you think a full summer and coming back next training camp might be able to get Jacob the reset that he needs? Well, I don't know. I, I, honestly... In the last little bit here, like he started last season off like like he had nothing to lose, uh, uh, and he had a lot to prove. Uh, I know that's kind of an oxymoron, but uh, like he started the season on fire. He was stealing games for the Flames. He was. We were all kind of blown away. He's a super talented guy. He's six foot five, six, super athletic, unreal. Uh, but. Uh, I, I, I don't think he has a starter's mentality. I really don't. And, and okay, that's, so what, that's a hard, what do you mean what? by that? Because you, you, you texted that to me earlier today. What, what, is, uh, what do you mean by a starter's mentality? Flesh that out for us. Okay, so there's, there, there's a million goalies that could play. Well, there's, there's lots of goalies that could play the National Hockey League, two, three, four games. You can call guys up out of college, and they can make a couple – Highlight real say is like, oh my god, this guy's amazing. But consistency is, is kind of how you make your money as a goaltender, what you can expect game in, game out. You don't have to be the best, you can't be the worst, but guys got to know what they can expect out of you on a consistent basis. So, so if you're going to play it on a basis of like, let's say, 60 games, Markstrom isn't consistent over a 60 game basis. He, he came out really hot last year was just okay the last part of the season. I was really impressed with him against Dallas. I thought that was, that was a series that kind of got him over the hump as far as being a starter because they have a shot Dallas every night. They all played him. Ottinger yeah. was unreal. And Markstrom would make that one or two saves a night that would just kind of get the flames over over the hump. They'd win the game. And I'm like, that that that's a lot tougher than facing 65 shots and winning 3-2. And then he goes into the other series and completely melts. And you watch him play, uh, and, and having a coach like Daryl, who's had some of the best goalies in the world. I know Keenan was a head coach in Chicago, and Daryl was the assistant. They had Belfour and they had Hasek. And then Daryl goes, and he, and he coaches the, 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 the Flames, or well, San Jose, but Flames. you got Kiprasov, goes to L.A., he's got quick. Yep. Those guys can play lots of games at a high level. At a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a consistent high level. And Markstrom, to me, has proved to be streaky, where he's, 
he's got the talent, but it just shows to me, and, and, and it's not a knock against him. Not everybody's like this. And, and the more I watch Markson play, especially this season, last season, especially the first part, whatever, you, you could you, you write his own blank check. But throughout his career, I think he's played, you know, 400, 450 games or whatever. He's not a bona fide number one guy. I believed he could be. I always liked him when he when he was uh, when he was in Florida, coming up to the system, going to Vancouver. I thought this guy was the real deal. But I think that he's his own worst enemy, and he doesn't have a number one mindset where he can't shrug things off. He can't let things go. Every time he's a bad night, bad goal, bad play. Tanev, you know, misses the play. Uh, Hannafin has a giant pizza up the middle something happens in the back end, it affects him psychologically. And, 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 and to me, that's a very kind of short-sighted, narrow, narrow-minded approach. And I was a guy that, 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 that struggled for the number one mentality. I, I had a great coach at Ryan McGill in Omaha who tried to beat that into me. And, and, and to a certain point, he kind of got me there where he, came to me and said, you're playing the next 21 games, so whether you suck or whether you're great, you're just, you're playing. And, I, and I'm pretty sure Daryl's, well, Daryl, maybe, maybe not, but going to Markstrom's like, you're our guy, figure it out. And Markstrom hasn't been able to figure it out yeah. uh, uh, for a while. And so, to me, that just kind of proves he's not a number number one mindset goaltender. He's not a Grant, I mean, and I'm, and I'm dating myself, but he's not a Grant Fear, Eddie Belfort, Mike Vernon, Martin Berdur, guy that can go out and just put me in, put me in, put me in. You need a bit of coddling. You need a bit of a back rub, and you need a bit of a break. So, and we're talking to Brent Cron, our goaltending analyst. Uh, last question for you, and I guess it's it's now if if we do see Dan Vladar go on a little bit of a run, and we do see him get a larger share of the workload. I'm it's it's not always easy to remember we talked about this and I, I, I do think that Vladar has a much higher ceiling than David Riddick ever did. I, I'm not I'm not trying to compare them apples to apples. But I just remember it was about four or five years ago when David Riddick got his first opportunity to really take a take a position and run with it. He struggled a little bit and it didn't end up going the way the Flames hoped it would. I, I'm just it's it's not easy to all of a sudden go from playing once a week to playing three times a week. That that's a big time adjustment for some guys. Chasing is a lot easier than sustaining, right? So right. if you're if you if you're gonna give Ladar an opportunity to be a starter, okay, great, he gets hot, plays one, two, three games in a row, he's like, Oh yeah, I know he's the man. He's always been the guy that's coming in on the back end. He's been the guy that's got a game or two, uh, and then they go right back to Markstrom. But if you're like, okay, down you're our guy let's go that's a completely different mindset and and in his you know whatever 50 games he's played the national hockey league over the last two seasons three seasons he hasn't had the opportunity to prove that he is you know what he, and he very well could i'm not i'm not the guy that's going to say he can't but uh it's a different mentality and it kind of kind of shows your character a little bit kind of where you're at he Dan could very well prove to me that, you know, him, him and Markstrom are 1A, 1B. And if you want to play each guy 60-40 or 65-35 or whatever, and they mm-hmm. kind of go back and forth, and 
nobody really grabs the net, but they get hot for two or three games. They cool off. Next guy goes in. You know, whatever. Bob's your uncle. But, but Lenar hasn't had that chance to prove that he's not that guy. Lenar's hasn't had the chance to prove that. He, you know what? Hey, I, I can play 25 games and be the same goaltender. Yeah. So we'll see. And, and, and like you said there's, like, there's, what, 28 games left in the season? Yep. They're not going to play Lenar the rest of the way. But you'd like to think they're going to give them an opportunity to prove that because, shockingly enough, as much as we've ragged on the Flames and how bad they've been this season, inconsistent, bad goaltending, you know, just middle-of-the-road play, they're still in the playoffs. So what do you do now? Markstrom has kind of probably cost you a bit. You go to Vladar, I say you would. Give him an opportunity. Even if he sucks tonight, lets him eight goals, go back to him Saturday. Yeah. He lets him another eight goals, go back to him the next game. See what he can do because, you know, go, going to Markstrom, you got to play, you got to score five goals a game. Uh, good stuff, Croner. Appreciate it, my friend. Um, I guess I, uh, I should tell you to stay on the line because, uh, I've got a present for yeah. you in a second. Um, that's, uh, that's Brent Cron. That's Inside Hockey for Calgary Co-op with new product families, member rewards and sale events. You'll find more quality, more savings in every department every day at Calgary Co-op as we start to wrap up this hour for Pike, for Cam, for Taylor, and for Cron. My name is Pat. This hour wrapping up on Flames Talk. It's been the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Sam. Unlock your home with the touch of your phone. Upgrade to smart locks online at calgarylockandsafe.com.